Welcome to CTO Confessions with TC Gill. Brought to you by IT Labs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of CTO Confessions is brought to you by the one and only IT Labs, providing technology leaders with purpose-driven development teams for high performance, innovation and productivity. What more could you want? Please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing quality, high-performing teams off that shelf. And your host today is me, TC Gill, IT Labs Chief Talking Officer, and I'm speaking from London, UK. And in this episode, we're talking to Lemonade. No, not a glass of refreshing tangy drink, but an insure tech company disrupting the market. And I mean proper rocking the boat. And joining us from Lemonade is the Director of Engineering, Ori Arez. And he's going to tell us all about this truly refreshing company. So let's not delay. Let's get Ori into the space to share his enlightening stories and knowledge. So welcome, Ori. Welcome to CTO Confessions Podcast. Great to be here, uh, TC. Excellent. Thank you. And so tell the audience who you are, who you work for and what do you do? So um, I'm a director of engineering and the Amsterdam uh, engineering site leader, which is our uh, European hub. And some would say uh, also our international hub uh, because of our ability to bring talents from all over the world. Basically, you can you can divide my role into two parts. One is managing the engineering tribes that are based in Amsterdam. And the second one is uh, I'm responsible for growing the site while maintaining our uh, great culture. Before we dive into the company and the problem that you're solving and your leadership, I'd really like to know about your leadership journey to this point here. What's that been like? I started to code at a very young age, but officially I started my career back in 2010 as a software developer in a company that uh, developed an algo trading playground for investors, brokers, and automated strategy providers. Um, from there, I've got the chance uh, to become a team lead. Um, after that, uh, group lead in a different company that created online investment uh, service. Um, and then I decided to open my own startup in, in the field of peer-to-peer loans and blockchain. Uh, we ran for a couple of years, but it wasn't successful as I wanted it to be. Um, and so I've decided to, to sell my shares and uh, move on um, <laughs> because I realized that uh, my passion is not to work with lawyers and investors. Um, yes. So I've become a senior engineering manager at Booking.com, uh, where I was leading up to 50 people across multiple teams in Shanghai and Amsterdam. Um, in the customer payments area. So basically, uh, it doesn't matter if you are booking a hotel or, or flight or car or attraction, eventually you will end up in a payment page. And my teams were responsible uh, for developing this payment page and the payment platform behind it. Brilliant. Uh, then uh, I moved to, to my current position as a director of engineering at Lemonade. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. So you've worked for some pretty big organizations and you've done startups. So you've gone from the very small, um, I can imagine, uh, making an assumption there and to the kind of uh, larger organizations. Um, so what was that contrast like? You know, what was the what did you notice that was different about working in that larger organization and, and the smaller startup? Um, naturally, things are, are moving uh, slower in large organizations. Um, but I, I really want to, to have this experience in, in really successful company that is a market leader. So for me, it was 
um, a nice uh, opportunity to see different angle of the industry. Because, you know, I worked with really small startups, um, small companies. We did stuff really, really fast. But working for a really uh, big company with 20,000 employees uh, all across the world, mm. uh, that is also market leader. For me, it was really a uh, nice experience and experience that I, I, I really want to have. So coming now onto the company that you're working for at the moment, which has got a really cool name. I love it. Lemonade. What is the problem that it's solving in the market? First of all, Lemonade is a tech company that does insurance. I think the term is InsureTech. Um, instead of brokers and bureaucracy, um, we use bots and machine learning um, to create an insurance experience that is instant, affordable and paperless. So, for instance, you, you can buy insurance in 90 seconds and get paid for a claim in less than five minutes without human intervention. Um, wow. In fact, one third of our claims are approved automatically using our claim bot, uh, Jim. Um, wow. All right. yeah, that, that's, that's incredible. And, and you know, in, but in order to, to understand what problem um, we are solving, we need to understand the, the, the insurance industry. Um, so you as a customer are paying every single month for a promise that if something will happen to you or to your house or to your car, the insurance company will pay you back. But in reality, uh, this whole industry is built on top of conflict of interest because insurance companies are making money by denying claims or paying less than they should. Eventually, it's a zero-sum game, right? And, you know, and if they are paying to you, they are losing money. But if they are not paying to you, um, they are making money. Um, and you as a customer have interest to embellish the claims uh, because you know that even if they pay you back, um, there is a good chance that they won't pay you the full amount. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's, uh, so, so, you know, um, because of that, people are hating um, insurance companies to, and, and, and they are looking at them as, as the bad guys. Yes. Yeah, in fact, if you, if you look uh, in the Urban Dictionary for the term insurance company, you will find a business that involves selling people promises uh, to pay later that are never fulfilled. <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> that, that is awesome. Not, it's not me. It's from the Urban Dictionary. Um, yes. And, yeah. and so, so our mission is to kind of transform uh, the insurance from a necessary evil into a social good. And, and the way that we are doing it is by breaking the conflict of interest between insurance company and the customers and introducing a whole new business model. Um, so instead of earning the entire premium, if the customers are not claiming, we are taking a flat fee of, of, of 25% for our service. And, and what happens where, uh, to, to the rest of the 75% uh, US? Um, if there are claims, uh, we are paying them. In fact, we are helping our customers to file better claims using, using our claims bot gym. Um, what's left of uh, this money by the end of the year goes uh, to charity uh, that you as a customer um, can choose. Um, and, and this is basically our give back project. Um, probably you heard about it, but yes, uh, I've interacted with some of your posts on, on uh, from the company there. And I was fascinated by the numbers. I mean, they were pretty big numbers, to be honest. 
yeah, I mean, if we are if we are talking um, about numbers, there is really cool facts about about the company. So, um, I mean, we hit one million paying customers faster than Netflix and Spotify. That's wow. that's really uh, amazing for you know subscription uh, based business. Um, our biggest product, the the car insurance, was launched after just eleven months which is, you know, company, it takes years for company to develop this kind of product. Um, we have already four lines of product in, in more than five years. And, and I think we are the only insurance company that is live in more than one continent. That's nice. I, you know what? It's a cool name, right? But it's an even cooler company by the sounds of it. I never thought, I'm going to confess something here. I never thought I could get excited about insurance, but I'm excited about this because this is a real disruptor with capital letters all the way across that word, you know? Yes, absolutely. We, we even we even um, give swag to our new newcomers, a shirt um, um, with the logo of uh, insurance is fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, we, we are different in every aspect from from the you know from the old companies from the old insurance company and think this is our competitive edge because if you look at the brands that uh, dominate today um, they they also dominated during the era of the horse drawn courage and, right. and you know the asset those insurance companies built over the last 100 plus years are, are revealing themselves uh, to be a liability. Yeah, and, and you know, so the companies of tomorrow, I, I think they will be natively digital, and and will be created on a substrate of of uh, data. Mm. So bots and AI, rather than than brokers and agent. Yes. Um, and 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 I have also cool example about Britannica, if you if you would like to uh, to hear, because you know, um, Britannica uh, was built like two hundred fifty years ago. And it was very successful until um, um, 2010, uh, where Britannica encountered a website. And, and that was just too much for them. Um, Britannica brought up 15 editions during uh, two centuries, while, Vi while Wikipedia is updated 10 times a second. Wow. And it doesn't cost $1,000, right? Yes. Uh, so, so that's, that's um, uh, incredible. And this is what we are trying to bring to the insurance industry. You know, th this insurance industry is very, very old industry. It started 300 years ago. And we, we believe that, you know, the companies of tomorrow won't be the companies that, you know, rule um, uh, in, the, in the last 100 years. So that's fantastic, Ori. I love this because, you know, there's a lot of disruptors out there. We're seeing a lot of it in the banking industry, which I'm experiencing myself by moving my bank accounts over to it. But but it's just this kind of relentless focus on the customer experience. It's customer centric, you know, which fits into the business agility uh, subject, which I'm really passionate about. We're interested here in IT Labs is, you know, understanding that complete journey and how you can take away those pain points. So this is really great to hear. Oh, that, that's right. Uh, so unlike, you know, uh, traditional insurance company, we are not uh, looking at the customers as policies. They are not policies. They are not numbers. Mm. They are customers. We want to delight them. And our mission or one, one of our goals is to become the most loved insurance company in the world. And for that, you know, you need to provide 
the best experience for our customers, not only to onboard the service, mm. also when they have problem, they need to, to get a great service. Yes, that's right. And uh, you kind of mentioned something earlier on uh, around one of the problems that you solved, because I've experienced this myself, when you come to make the claim, what the whole thing is about, it, then you kind of your heart sinks, you think, oh, God, you know, um, so I'm really curious around the kind of machine learning and the bots that you've got running at the other end, uh, for the technical side, because, um, you know, some some people may say, you know, well, I want to speak to a person, you know, so what would you say to that? They can't speak to a person, but what we find out uh, or found out that um, most of our customers, you know, they want to make the claim even in the middle of the night or, you know, you know, um, unregular um, hours and they want to do it uh, on their own uh, terms and they don't want to provide it now, you know, the, the, the evidence or, or the documents that they need to, to provide. Um, so, you know, when you are interacting with the bot, it's much easier. You can just pause the bot and then continue later. Yes. Um, and, you know, our bots are really empathetic. Um, that's, that's, that's something that, that also, um, important to say. Um, so, you know, a lot of people find it very comfortable. They don't need to convince them. They don't need to convince <laughs> them. You, you are, you know, I, I did some some claims um, uh, when my car, you know, um, when I had uh, an, an accident, um, you know, and you, I, I felt like I need to convince the, the representative that really something bad happened to me. And with bot, you don't need to do that. It's really <laughs> logical. I mean, the bot is very empathetic and everything, but it's really logical. You just need to, to bring, um, you know, uh, the, the evidence and that's it. Yeah, I love it. This is great. I, I love this idea of um, just making it easier. Hey, life's complicated enough. Let's just make yeah. it easier. And you're doing that. I've got this other passion of my own, which is around you know leadership and, and how you lead in the kind of tech space uh, and just general leadership anyway. Uh, but before we jump into that, what is the, what's your passion? What makes you jump out of bed in the morning? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. I think people, first of all, you know, uh, the people that I'm working with, I don't know, there is some uh, tend to underrate the importance of meaningful relationship at work, but we spend most of our day at work and, and, and if you are not spending the time with people that you like, it's not fun. And mm. if it's not fun, it, it won't last for, for long. So first of all, um, people, but also being part of, of disruptive mission is, is, uh, is always exciting, you know, yeah. changing it 300 uh, years old, the industry, uh, it's not something easy it's very challenging but at the same time it, it gives you uh, drive to to achieve your goals um maybe one more thing is is our give back project um yeah to know that if i'm doing a good job it will impact the society um you know and so many non-profit organization uh, mm -hmm. will benefit from that that's something that that's really um you know something that's nice to know when you're waking up yes. uh, in the morning. Um, you know, the, the, the feeling of, of jumping from, you know, giving to charity 40,000 uh, euros back in 2017 to, you know, almost 2 million in 2021. Mm. Uh, wow. that's, that's crazy. But, but you know, our, our employees know that uh, if they will do a good job, yes, the company will grow. Yes, we will make more money. Uh, that, that's great, but also a lot of non-profit organization will benefit from that. 
Yes. That's, that's really, that's something that um, always in my mind. And now coming on to your leadership, you know, so uh, being CTO Confessions, you know, so this is an open space to confess your successes and, and maybe your failures as well, because we learn from our failures. So what's your leadership style like? What have you learned? What's worked for you? What hasn't worked for you? So um, maybe not, not many people are familiar with the curling game. Um, so I'll explain. Yes. Um, curling uh, is, a start, is a sport that uh, was invented in Scotland, I think back in the 1500s, maybe. Wow. Yeah. Uh, in which, you know, uh, players slide stones on, on a sheet of ice toward the target area. Uh, and there is the, the player who slides the stones, and there are two players uh, who sweep the, the area. Um, um, so the stone can, can reach to, to its target. So I, I like to, to see myself as, as the sweeper. <laughs> you know, as, as a manager, I'm trying to hire people that are much better than, than me in certain areas and just help them by, by re removing roadblocks. Yeah, I love that. That's a great analogy because I know the sport you mean. So that's brilliant. Um, so what were the gateways for you that kind of persuaded you? Well, actually, this is a smoother and more enlightening path of leadership. I mean, I, I tried many things. At the beginning, especially at the beginning, when you are trying to move from individual contributor to manager, um, you know you are used to controlling your own uh, project, and you're you're not dependent on others. And, and so, you know, you're trying to be in control. And you know, um, what I found is that imposing an opinion on others uh, is something that didn't work well for me in the past. Uh, mm. As managers, our, our role is, is not to tell our people uh, what to do. Our role is to help them to tell us what to do. This is at least what I believe in. And, you know, um, giving them the, the, the freedom to make mistakes and to provide meaningful feedback to help them to be better at their job. I think this is our role as, as, as managers. So Ori, uh, being a tough host, uh, of CTO Confessions. I'm going to ask you for a confession. What hasn't worked for you in the past and what was the learning out of that? Yeah, so it's kind of connect to what I've, I've mentioned earlier about imposing um, uh, opinions uh, or my opinion on others. Uh, this is what I've, I've tried to do. I've tried to be in too much uh, control and to decide by myself. Um, I've developed, you know, from a um, um, micromanager um, into macro manager. So, you know, to be obviously when, when your scope is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and you are trying to be a micromanager, it's not working. Mm. And then people are not feeling empowered and, and then eventually you don't want to develop an organization that you need to tell the people what to do. Um, so I think this is something that didn't work for me. Um, I, I got the right feedback and then I, you know, I changed my, my ways. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like really good learning. And the great thing about it, and I think this is a sign of uh, really great leadership, is, is that you reflect and learn. It's not about getting it right all the time. It's around uh, doing what you think is right at the time, uh, reflecting, sitting with it, and then going, well, actually, I'd like to do it a different way next time. So coming now to your kind of uh, leading the teams and getting the best out of your teams, because, you know, you describe them as your tribe and, you know, making these tribes be absolute powerhouses of creativity and, and delivering value for the organization and to the customer. What are your tips around that? Um, I think I think uh, you need to, to define the values that you care about. So, for, for instance, we, we care about 
the customer, we care about ownership, we look for you know people that are big hearted and we are looking for creativity as well. Um, and then I think you need to hire people uh, with the values that you care about. Yeah. Um, and you know, once you have that, um, you need to create a culture of ownership and, and accountability. And then I think you start seeing organization that is uh, autonomous start running by itself. Brilliant. I love that. And so the, my follow-on question to that is, is that any particular tips of how to make that come true? Because, you know, for example, if I was going to become an employee of Lemonade, I'd say, do you know what? I care a lot about the customers. How do you kind of filter out those? Because that's an art in itself, you know? Yeah, I think I think we try to have like a, a process, an interviewing process or hiring process that gives you um, almost 360 uh, view on the candidate. Mm. And it's not only about tech, and it's not only about um, um, about um, you know the person. It's I think it's the mixture. And so in in our process, we are trying to cover all those aspects. Um, and you know, uh, of course, uh, you know, we have high standards, uh, high bar in terms of of you know technical abilities and and uh, things like that. But also the the, the values uh, that the, the person brings uh, um, uh, with them. This is something that we are looking for. And you know, um, I think I would say half of our process is basically just to get to know the the candidate. Yeah, unstructured conversation to cover, you know, uh, many topics. Sometimes by by also giving the candidate room to to ask questions, you see a lot of a lot of things about about the candidate and what he cares about. And in the organization, I can imagine, you know, as you're growing, because you're growing and you're very successful, making sure that that culture that you the desired culture cultures always change, but there's a there's a kind of general area that it needs to kind of hang around, you know, values, customer centric, you know, uh, I guess, kind of kindness, compassion uh, of, of, of some sort. How do you make sure that that culture is reiterated and it's always something you gravitate back to? Yeah, so so that's really great question. Is this one of the challenging that I'm, I'm facing is um, especially when you are growing at such a high pace, uh, you know, we are tripling our our uh, site uh, this year, right? Mm. And it's hard to triple your 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 um, your site while maintaining the, the culture. But I think um, it's all about the person. It's all about the people that you are bringing. If you are being bringing the right people with the right values, then uh, they are just like blending in the culture and also adding to the culture. So it's not only about culture fit; it's also about culture ed. So mm-hmm. every every new person that coming to the to the team is bringing their own flavor and adding to the to the culture. Um, and you know, um, when you bring in people with high level of ownership, people that cares about craft, about cares cares about what they are doing, um, they are big hearted. So they want to help. You know, not only to our customers, they want to mm-hmm. help to, to their colleagues. Then you know you, you start seeing it as I mentioned before. It's like an autonomous organization that is just running by itself, and and you know and and it's coming um, very very natural. Yeah, I like this. It's um it's a topic that I speak to often with uh, our CEO. Actually, we talk about murmuration in organizations. I don't know if you know the term murmuration, where birds flock and they kind no. of 
become a, a system in their own right with some basic rules and they and they kind of uh, flock but they flock in a very organized directional way and when something happens they just know to move you know as, a, as an organization I, I sense that murmuration within your organization I agree and one thing you need to you know in order to create it this natural movement or natural um, how you say it murmuration yes it, it's 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 uh, to remove processes not to add processes you know organizations tend to bring process for every challenge that they are facing instead mm. of trusting the people and bringing the right people and then you don't need prof uh, you don't need processes you need just uh, common sense yes well you know you bring the, the right people that they care about they're not dropping the ball they are great uh, communicators um, so you know you're sure that things will get uh, uh, in right order um, without the processes Yes, because it's not scalable to introduce a lot of process. And this is something that you can see in bigger companies like in corporates uh, trying to, to put processes. But then we talked about creativity. This is something that turns, uh, turns uh, not turns out, but it's something that um, remove creativity, processes removing creativity. Yeah, that's right. I think it's it, to me, it's like, um, I mean, processes obviously have value in, in the right context. But it's finding the tuning of them and, and allowing that kind of, uh, you know, I always joke it's about bringing, you know, allowing humanity to have its space, you know, processes tend to kind of uh, uh, maybe diminish it. I mean, is there anything you want to say around that? Because some people out there will might be saying, no, you've got to have processes, damn it, process, process, process. I'm not against, I'm not against processes in general, but I'm against introducing process for every single problem that you are facing. Mm. Yeah, sometimes you need processes. It's it's natural, okay. And I know I know many companies that um, uh, remove processes. For instance, Netflix removed the process of applying for um, a vacation or uh, asking for a vacation or uh, limiting the, the the amount of days for for vacation. I know that that Netflix kind of um, removed the process of of uh, limiting the the or or. Um, asking for a vacation and limiting the, the amount of days there they have unlimited uh, amount of uh, amount of vacation days wow. and, and and people are not taking 200 days right right because <laughs> they, they are responsible enough they are you know they care about what they're doing yes i mean and and, and that's that's a really interesting uh, responsible enough they, they own the responsibility you know it's not just about them it's about the impact it has on the organization and tuning their decisions accordingly so ori i've got a a question that's very kind of pertinent to your organization because you're growing. Uh, what are the foundations for growth? What are the tips that you'd like to offer to other tech leaders out there that makes life easier while growing and instigating growth? That's a really good question. I think building teams with talent density. So every individual in the team is making, you know, not an average impact, more than average impact. Mm. And then, you know, when you have eventually you know as a as a de developer or engineer you want to to be among really good people you want to learn you want to progress and and when you are creating teams uh with talent density mm. then then you know uh you have like a really strong base to to grow yeah um, i love it it's it's almost like a gravity you it has a, a gravity of its own right you know a talent and success um and any kind of common pains that you've experienced while growing, uh, other than culture? Um, 
you know, when, when you are growing fast, uh, one of the things, and, 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 you know, as I mentioned before, we hit 1 million um, paying customers faster than Netflix, faster than Spotify. Wow. I mean, we developed in, in five years, four lines of products. We, when you're growing fast and you develop, uh, when deliver a lot of features, you're accumulating tech debt. Yes. And this is something you need to be aware of because um, uh, as, as the um, Game of Thrones Lannisters uh, says, um, you know, you need to pay the debts at some point, right? Yes. Always pay, pay them. Um, and, you know, this is something that uh, I think most of the companies that are growing fast experiencing. Yes. Um, but uh, luckily, we have really great leadership that understands, um, um, you know, the importance of investing time and resources in 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 you know paying those debts. Yeah, I think I think that's really important. One of our previous uh, guests on CTO Confessions talked about the black hole of debt, technical debt. It gets that big, nothing yeah. can escape it. You know, you do, and you don't want to go there. You don't want to create a singularity of uh, of, uh, of of technical debt. So that's that's great to hear. We're coming towards the end of our time together, unfortunately, Ori, and uh, I've got some really nice warm questions for you uh, to kind of bring a nice gentle end to, to our time. Um, any advice that you'd like to give to aspiring leaders? If you could speak to your younger self, okay, as a tech leader, what would you say to yourself to help you along your journey? Um, I would say try to have a mentor or someone um, you can learn from. Yes. I think it's, it's so important, um, you know, uh, I was not born with this knowledge, this knowledge I acquired for many years. And um, you can shorten the way if you find the person that you can learn from. Um, also, try to work in places that uh, you can learn from your manager. Mm. Um, this is something um, important. The second one is read a lot or listen. It depends uh, how do you... Um, which content um, you like, but it's important to to be up to date all the time. Um, and you know, you need to know that when moving to a managerial position, this is a different role. Yeah. Yes, it's in the tech space, yes, but it's totally different uh, role, and you need to focus on learning how to be manager. Mm -hmm. This is. No. So this is really interesting, Ori. You kind of mentioned, you know, books you read and, and things that you watch and, and, and mentors. I think mentors are absolutely important. Uh, I, I wish I'd have had that advice in my early part of my journey because, you know what, I think I'd be the ruler of the universe by now if it if it had been for mentors. I'm only joking. Um, um, are there any books or, or, or TED Talks or anything that have been gateways, you know, the, those singular things? I mean, I've got these books where I look up and I go, do you know what, you were a gateway for me. You changed my thinking hugely. Any that you'd like to share? Yeah, I think I have the, the perfect answer for you um, because it's kind of combined mentor and, and learn a lot. Um, actually, my, my current manager um, recommend me a book called No, Ru no, um, no Rules, Rules. Oh, wow. Uh, by Reed Hastings and Irene Meyer. This is basically uh, a book about the culture of Netflix, which I mentioned earlier about, you know, how they started from a really, really small startup to this huge, you know, company that they are today, how they succeed, all the changes in the market, how they adapt themselves only by 
by having you know talent density um they remove processes uh they, you know cu culture feedback they were really really brutally honest with each other um and then and then i think uh, i've learned a lot from from this book so i yeah recommend this book so Ori, I get to the funnest part of the podcast, which I love this because I get to dress up as a as a genie, right? I've I've turned purple and I've got a big ponytail, and I'm going to offer you a wish as a tech genie. What would you wish for for your leadership, your industry, or, or your organization? Keep doing great things uh, for for the society. When you are doing a good job and it's all connected to to helping the society, I think um, it's the perfect match and and you know this is this is the the gift that i want to yeah. uh, to give just doing doing good absolutely and it's great to hear tech leaders and leaders just in general talking more about this because this is that it's that giving back you know and your a lemonade is a great organization a good example of that and and actually i'm going to ask you a, a maybe a fun question here why lemonade why call yourself lemonade i've got ideas and assumptions in my head i i i actually to be honest, I don't know, but it's a cool name. It's not yes. a typical name of insurance company. Yes. And we really want to distinguish ourselves from all the other insurance companies. So if you look at our at our colors, uh, if you look at our um, UI, it's it's totally different. And I think Lemonade just, just uh, yeah. you know, make the difference. It's refreshing. It feels refreshing. And from what you've described, it is refreshing. So that's wonderful. <laughs> And as we hit the full stop, the full stop of the podcast, what's the final key takeaway that you'd like to offer the men, women, tech leaders out there? If you are enjoying what you're doing, there is a good chance uh, you will do a great job. Uh, if you are not enjoying, maybe it's time for a change. Yes. Inspiring words. Thank you. That's a great note to finish on, you know, and uh, and it's been wonderful having you on CTO Confessions, Ori. And I look forward to speaking to you again. And I'll be looking at your company to see how well it's doing in the, in the market. Thank you, TC. It was really great for me. Now, that's what I call a refreshing conversation about a very refreshing company. I love what the company is doing. Disrupting the game, using tech to create better customer-centric experiences. And instead of pain and snail-paced processing, it's quick, off the mark, and delivers what it says on the tin. In their own mission words, it's to become the best-loved insurance company in the world. So what were your key takeaways from the session? These were mine. Number one, Ori's thoughts on creating a creative and adaptive organisation, a murmurating company, while growing, not getting overzealous on introducing processes so that the human elements that make human beings a powerhouse of creativity, innovation and adaption are not hamstrung by the thick, gooey, mindless processes. Processes are important, but you can't stick process sticker band-aids on every company challenge there are other ways and i love ori's perspective on this my second key takeaway is about the bots being fairer and faster than human beings to deal with a claim i'm really curious about this as ori said they are created to be very empathetic a lot of people find it very comfortable they don't need to convince anyone you just need to bring the evidence that's required and that's it sounds brilliant my third and final key takeaway is about creating great teams by getting the talent density right. I loved Ori's description of this, hiring carefully with a 360 approach. Not one narrow selection scope, but seeing the candidates holistically as a whole, having informal conversations to shine a light on who they really are. 
and allowing the talent density that you've created create a gravity well that will attract more of the right people. Love it. So thank you, Ori, for your time. Well done to you and the Lemonade Tribe for creating such a refreshing business. One that really has a mission to look after its customers and one that wants to give back through a dedicated, consistent commitment to good causes. I salute you all. And all this talk of lemonade has got me thirsty for a drink of the same name. Keep it fresh, Lemonade. I look forward to seeing your growth going from astronomical to a universal change in the market as a whole. Thank you. And finally, remember to subscribe to CTO Confessions podcast and IT Labs newsletter, where you get regular tech articles and invites to the IT Labs webinar series. URLs for this can be found at the bottom of this page. We are consistently creating material to create, nurture and support a community of tech leaders. And of course, if you want to know more about IT Lab services, including our Teams as a Service service, please don't hesitate to get in touch. As mentioned in the intro, please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing agility, high-performing teams off that shelf with a wide breadth of skill and knowledge. Well, that's all, folks. Look after each other and keep safe. Wishing you all a good day or evening, wherever you are in the world, from all of us here at IT Labs. Live long. Live well and prosper until we meet again on the next CTO Confessions podcast.